my thanks for joining us uh, for another episode of Oklahoma Senate on Deck. I'm your host, Aaron Cooper, and as always, joining us is Senator Greg Treat, the leader of the Oklahoma Senate. Senator, how are you doing today? Doing well. I'm literally on my deck, uh, or, or at least patio in the backyard. Yeah, as everyone watching us uh, on social media or YouTube uh, can tell, uh, our setup is a little bit different, but that's the way of the world right now as as we're going through the COVID health uh, pandemic right now. So we're recording. It's been a while since we've talked for a podcast, and that's mostly due to uh, the situation at hand, the health crisis. But we wanted to get back together. A lot's happened since the last time we talked, and thanks for uh, taking some time. It's uh, a, a nice day as we record this here. I wish I could spend some time outside, but uh, I'm uh, stuck here at the home office. But uh, So let's get into a little bit uh, talking about um, – how things are going for you just on a personal level, how, like all of us, you're working at home now for the most part. So how are you able to manage that with your family at home, kids in school? How, how's that been for you? It's been a challenge like it has been for all Americans uh, and all Oklahomans, uh, but it's been nice to get to spend some time more around the dinner table, not just eating dinner, but uh, doing these type of meetings and right. schoolwork and, and meetings with my colleagues and the press. Uh, the kids are doing their distance learning like uh, other kids are, and that's been a challenge in itself, just trying to learn how to convert to that and find enough computers in my house that were uh, usable. I had to wipe a lot of computers and uh, a friend loaned me a computer and, and, you know, just trying to come up with those resources like a lot of other families, I'm sure. I've got a 12, 9, and 8-year-old. And so it's been nice. We've been able to take some walks around the neighborhood. The, the busyness, though, has not slowed down. Actually, it's sped up. And I kind of joke, you know, when people have a portal into your house, there's no such thing as an office hour uh, or office hours anymore. It's 24-7, and it's actually been extremely busy. But this technology that we're using right now and then things like Microsoft Teams and stuff have been really helpful to get the work done. And just on a personal note, as we record this, I, I love your shirt, and I'm saddened that C.D. Lamb uh, went to the Dallas Cowboys, but I'm sure you're ecstatic. That's a great pickup for America's team uh, to have one of the best wide receivers in college football. I know you wish he could have gone to the New York football giants, but. Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, and you know what? I'll, I'll cheer for one player on the Dallas Cowboys now. <laughs> you know, I don't know what the roster is as of we record this, but there were several uh, uh, Sooners and some, and some Oklahoma State Cowboys that played for the Dallas Cowboys. So there's some ties there that keep you interested. Yeah, there are. There are. Uh, well, one thing I do before we get off of the NFL draft, I texted this to you last night, but apparently Jerry Jones was drafting from his $250 million super yacht. <laughs> like you do. <laughs> like you do when you're the, when you're the owner of the Cowboys. Yeah. That yeah. It's, it's it, the Cowboys. I know most Oklahomans are fans of the Cowboys like you are. Uh, and, and I like to see uh, what you call America's team do. Okay. But it, you know, what I do like to watch is former OU players and former OSU players do well in the NFL. Especially yeah. OU players. Troy Aikman, Hall of Famer. He played at OU for a short season. He did, and then he left, and then we won the national championship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he, I don't know why he went to OU. Uh, he, was ne he never strikes me as a wishbone-style quarterback. But. Nah, but tremendous athlete and good guy. And uh, at, at that point, I was Cowboys fan at that time, like everyone yeah. else. Yeah. Uh, you and I are old enough and we work together um, for U.S. Senator Tom Coburn. And you talked about the technology and the, the portal into your time. It reminds me of when Blackberries first came online and became popular. You know, it's not when you go home at five, people still have a way to reach you 
uh, for work. So these uh, Zoom calls and team meetings and video chats are kind of remind me a little bit of that, how people, regardless of the time of day, they can get a hold of you. Yeah, I remember in our office with Senator Coburn, too, when they first started talking about the VTC, and I had no idea what they were meaning, uh, video teleconference, and uh, technology has come a long way. If we were having to use that technology uh, that we were in 2005 uh, time frame, uh, I don't think it would go nearly as smoothly. But, you know, there's been a lot of impacts. Uh, COVID, uh, my family personally, wind's blowing a little bit here. I've got to secure my computer. Uh, but the... Um, you know, COVID on my family, I'm an asthmatic and so is my daughter. And so we've been really taking this seriously in the precautions. And then as the head of the Senate, not only uh, do I have some responsibility with members and colleagues, but I definitely have a direct responsibility with the employees of the Senate, making sure they're, they're uh, as safe as they possibly can be. And, and we've got some vulnerable people on our staff. Uh, and so it's it's a real difficult decision to make to to shut the Capitol down when we did. And it's going to be a, an interesting process to try to reopen and figure out exactly how we do that. I've been having really good conversations with Speaker McCall about uh, trying to work through that and make sure that we do it in the safest manner possible with the most transparency. Yeah, I appreciate that. And you've done a great job leading the Senate. I know all the employees are, are thankful for your leadership and, and you, you've done a great job. And, um, and one thing we do have going for us as a Senate is we, We've conducted our business, and we'll talk about that maybe a little bit here in the next uh, topic, but we've been able to conduct a lot of our official business uh, in a manner where the uh, citizens can follow along at home, and a lot of that is, you know, we made some switches to platforms that allowed us to work remotely, but also gave us the capability to, to tie that into our internet feed so that people can follow us at home. So t let's talk a little bit now about the Senate and how uh, we've been managing uh, telework and working from home and, and doing the people's business during this crisis. So tell us a little bit about what's been going on in the Senate as we've been uh, dealing with this health crisis. Yeah, I think the last time we were physically all together in the, in the Senate was April 6th. Uh, and, and we, we were, were social distance at the time. So just throw that caveat out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had masks on and we were really limiting 10 people on the floor. Anyone who, uh, saw that it was saw it was not normal but we had to come together to to solve the the budget hole for fiscal year 20 the current fiscal year we're in that ends june 30th so that was the last time we were there collectively we've had some members show up for committee meetings that we've started again and it's uh, it's rules that we passed on april 6th that allow us to do that i i really applaud uh, senator k floyd the democrat leader for working with myself and uh, floor leader david on trying to come up with some protocols on how we do it. And so we've utilized the Teams platform, Microsoft Teams, mm -hmm. uh, to be able to hold committee meetings. And it, we also, over the interim, uh, updated our website, which has been helpful uh, to be able to push it out and be as transparent as possible. So if people go onto our website uh, at OKSenate.gov, you can, you can go to the room, uh, room 230s where we've been holding those meetings. It's just room 230 doesn't have any significance to that number other than that's a committee room that's been updated with right. Uh, the right technology. And so exec noms are on there and they're archived. Uh, you can see that we're asking uh, good questions of the nominees. That's the process we take seriously. Uh, when I became pro tem, our IT was uh, pretty behind um, just with some lean budget years and Right. And that wasn't the highest priority. And when I took over, I really wanted to update that because I, I believe the public has a right to be able to 
see what we're doing all the time and, and have better access to us. So Office 365 was the platform I decided to go with rather than having our own internal servers. Prior to that, we had always used internal servers. And I just, for, from a cost perspective and a management perspective and a ability to work from home perspective, I thought that was important. Yeah, and it makes I didn't sense. realize how important it would be. It, it makes sense with, with so much of what everyone does uh, on a smartphone or on a tablet or on a laptop. All you can do services in, the, in other uh, areas of state government are, are modernizing. It just makes sense for us as the Senate to have that capability. Uh, and it and adds to the transparency that we can be having virtual meetings that are broadcast on the internet and people at home can follow and see who we are considering for these executive noms to, to run, help run state agencies, boards, and commissions. Um, yeah, and exec noms, just for people who are not paying as close attention to some of that, again, I'm having to hold my computer with the wind here, but exec noms uh, are, are people that the governor has nominated uh, to fill either a board commission or an agency head now. Uh, and, and we uh, vet those in the Senate. The Senate's vested with the authority to confirm or deny those uh, nominations. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about exec noms. And on a, and kind of on a granular, granular level, go over, if you would, um, uh, what a typical Senate office is doing too, because I think um, I was listening to you on, on a, a video call with some business leaders and you said they kind of made a joke like, oh, what have you been doing at home watching Netflix? But that's not the case whatsoever. So on a granular level, like a Senate office, kind of give us a uh, in a uh, look into how they're operating right now and, and what kind of things they're doing right now. Yeah. One of the biggest number, uh, misnomers about the legislature or legislators is that this is part-time. It really isn't. It's yeah. a year round deal, but especially from February to May, we're, we're busy at the Capitol typically and people see that part of the work. They're not seeing that right now. So some people, uh, several people have asked me if I really enjoyed my leisure time and I have uh, almost no leisure time, uh, we have to carve out and schedule leisure time to be able to focus on the kids sometimes. Uh, but I think I'm pretty uh, normal as far as legislators go. And we're having meetings on Zoom and on Teams uh, with our staff, but also with our constituents and with business leaders, as you referenced. Uh, we're responding to unemployment claims and have things uh, getting caught up in the process and trying to help with Oklahoma Employment Security Commission as they go through those. We're fielding calls and emails a lot on people's uh, uh, check from the federal government, which we really don't have any control over, but we're, tr we're working with our federal partners on that. And just, we have a, a ton of meetings and there's really no, um, you know, when you, you, when you start a meeting in person, there's a lot of niceties about how are you, how are the kids, how'd the baseball game go? Right. Well, we don't have any of those outside activities right now. <laughs> uh, so it, it's right to business yeah. and it goes from one meeting to another. Um, video calls and, and on the phone and it, it stayed we've stayed uh, extremely busy it does seem like just from working here in the in the pro tems office it seems that when we're away from the capital in this time it has been as busy some days busier than we would have been there in person um, especially the first couple of weeks because we were yeah. trying to work through everything so right. uh, Saturdays and Sundays were not sacrosanct uh, right. as far as work days and Saturdays typically I'm working uh, as a senator anyway, because people, you know, when you're a senator or leader of a body, people don't really, it's not a negative. I don't mean it in a negative way, but you're a senator 24-7. So right, when people right. come to you at the grocery store or yeah. when you're walking down the street yeah. or whatever, uh, and it's my rural colleagues even more so, 
Right. Uh, but this this has been interesting. We've been trying to uh, pull our weight, and I think senators have done a good job. I've appointed different people to run point on different issues and uh, really have had great collaboration, uh, not only with Republican senators, which is the caucus I'm a part of, but with Democrat senators, there's been a real uh, a spirit of cooperation. And, and I've been blessed to be part of the Oklahoma State Senate where we've had a really good working relationship uh, with everyone the whole time I've been there very collegial, very professional from each senator on down to each member of the staff. And, and I've been proud to be a part of it. And I know I think you've been proud of the Senate too and how we've kind of handled this. It's, it's been really good to see. It's been really good. And there's been some staff like yourself that have been really having to work overtime to, um, to make these things work. These uh, teams and Zoom are good, but they're only as good as the people who are operating them, knowing how to use the tools. And, and when you're trying to broadcast a team's uh, committee meeting, it doesn't just, there's not a button on there, record and put to internet. It, there's a lot of moving parts to that. Yeah. And uh, Devin, who oversees our information systems team, uh, you, yourself, Arnella, who's our COO, uh, Ashley, chief of staff, and Andrea and Becky have really been working extremely hard to make this work along with the committee chairs. But most of the work on the, the back end of that happens with staff and, and they don't get the attention or glory a lot of times, but we would have not been able to do it without the people I just mentioned. We've got a great team. They're all doing great work. So let's move on to, uh, you said April 6th, last time the sen senators were at the Capitol. I'm sorry, not the last time, but April 6th was the day the Senate and the, the legislature overall met um, for regular session and a special session for the health emergency, but during the regular session, we passed three bills that helped stabilize the shortfall in the current uh, fiscal year, which ends June 30th. So give us a quick insight into that and why that was important to take care of that business that day. Yeah, extremely, extremely important. Our fiscal year runs from July 1 to June 30th. So we're in the current fiscal year or FY20. And we had a revenue failure that was declared and, and the, the director of OMES and the governor had mentioned a revenue failure. And so we came in into session to, to fix the fiscal year 20 because we're all conservatives uh, uh, trying to make sure we maximize uh, your taxpayer dollars. But if you have only two or three months to spread those cuts across, when you hear 2% cut, if that's in the last two months of the fiscal year, you have to actually multiply that by six to get to the 12 month impact. So if you're cutting an agency by 2%, you're actually withholding 12% of the money they would have got for that allocation. And we just felt like that was going to be, they couldn't plan, they couldn't uh, execute. So we really wanted to protect core services and make sure Oklahomans had confidence uh, in the services they need right now, uh, education, healthcare, public safety, uh, the national guard, other things like that, that we, we some have some federal monies that come in as well, but a lot of times there's a federal ma uh, state match that's requ required. And we felt that was important and we worked uh, with our house counterparts and, and thankfully that uh, became law and we were able to, um, to stave off any cuts for fiscal year 20. We're, we've been in budget negotiations really since July of last year on what to do with the fiscal year 21 that will begin July, uh, uh, July one. And uh, we've made a lot of progress. Uh, the numbers are difficult uh, to swallow, you know, when you see the economy and people are hurting and oil and gas. Uh, it, it's, it's not a secret uh, how devastating this week was on oil and gas prices. Uh, been talking to some industry leaders there and, and uh, 
you know, they've made some real tough decisions over the past few years that have gotten them in shape to be able to weather some of these storms, hopefully. But that impacts the state budget, not so much in the gross production taxes, in the income tax and sales tax portion. Right. And so we're working through that right now. Uh, we were working off of a, about a $477 million um, hole off of what the, the was certified in February. The Board of Equalization uh, put the number 1.3 billion, which I'm still looking for some backup data. I know my yeah. appropriations chair that I've assigned to look into it has been gathering data even today as we speak. And that number, so that would be for the FY21 budget, the potential uh, loss of revenue or lost revenue, so to speak, for the next year's budget, which would begin July 1. The BOE said 1.3 billion. We've, we've internally in the Senate and the legislature thought it might be more along the lines of 470, 480 million, but just things have changed markedly so. So trying to get to the bottom of that data and, and look at it and so we can make pragmatic and good decisions for the next year's budget. Yeah, and the Constitution requires us to balance the budget based off the February certification. Right. But we want to be smart about it. Uh, you know, we, we know that the situation has changed. We know uh, COVID has, has had a huge impact on the economy. We know that oil and gas and what's happening with Saudi Arabia and Russia uh, has had a huge impact uh, in Iran. Uh, but uh, or Iran, however you want to say that. <laughs> the uh, but the um, uh, you know some of these factors are out of our hands, but we've got to react accordingly and make sure that we balance the budget. And there's been some questions or some talks about um, whether or not there will be cuts in next year's budget. It's it's pretty early. It's maybe too early to tell. I'll I'll let you give the answer, but give us your thought on uh, how that may may shape up. I think a lot of it depends on what we uh, determine about the $1.3 billion hole. Is that authentic or not? Uh, if that is authentic, what the, the Board of Equalization was told, um, that would be about 7.5% across the board cuts if you decided to do across the board cuts. I've never liked across the board cuts. And, and I'm not sure if that $1.3 billion is the number we'll be operating off of. So I think there's yet to be determined. If it's closer to the $480 million hole that we were thinking and we were talking about, we can get through uh, FY21 without any major cuts and still have a, a balance remaining for FY22. Our FY22 negotiations really start in earnest this summer. Right. And we'll start actually passing bills next February. So we're not actually just thinking about FY21 or FY20. We're thinking about FY20, FY21, FY22, and then what impacts that can have on FY23. Yeah. And, um, we haven't, I don't think we've talked about this. We do have, the state does have uh, savings and we, that's what we use. We tapped those savings to stabilize and prevent cuts in the current budget year. We have substantial savings for next budget year. And like you just said, if, if the shortfall is smaller, then we'll still have some left over for the budget year two years from now and uh, making those decisions not to mention the federal money that may come. We've already, the state's already received I think was it one and a half billion approximately uh, related to COVID. We need guidance um, where exactly that can be used. And then there's talk now out of DC that there may be direct aid for states that has fewer restrictions on how it can be used uh, in state budgets. So there's all those kinds of questions too to consider for the next two budget years really for the state of Oklahoma. Yeah, still very, very fluid. Uh, we had made a lot of progress on budget negotiations prior to this crisis. 
uh, and it, we didn't just stop and throw everything away, but we are uh, slowly proceeding to make sure we make the best decision. We need to have as much transparency around those federal dollars as possible to be able to make sure we make the most appropriate decisions for Oklahoma. And finally, as it comes to this session, um, in a typical year, um, anywhere from four to 500 bills would pass through the legislature and then land on the governor's desk for him to consider signing or not. I th you Tell us what you think. That's probably going to be cut way down. And, and what does it look like as far as policy bills go in the Senate for the remainder of this current session? Yeah, it's going to be substantially lower than the, nor the norm of the between four and 500 that you mentioned. I don't have a, I don't have an arbitrary number, you know, that, Hey, we're only past 45 bills. Right. Uh, I'm not a uh, king at the castle. There's I'm one of 48, although I'm in charge of the Senate. Uh, I've got one vote uh, and, uh, when it comes to bills. And then on the house side, uh, there's 101, uh, including the speaker. So we're working with our house counterparts to try to come up with a priority list. I, I have assigned Senator David, Senator Paxton, and Senator Simpson, the two assistant floor leaders and the floor leader, uh, with gathering both Republican and Democrat requests to be on that priority list. And then I really have a two-prong uh, test for myself of whether or not it's a real priority bill that needs to get to the governor's desk this year, and it's, it's simple. The first prong is what problem are we trying to solve? Right. And then the second prong is why does it need to be done before signing die of this year? And signing die just means the last day of session this year. So, so what's, what's, what are we solving and why does it need to be solved right now? Um, yeah, that makes total sense. And I think maybe that's something uh, out of this uh, you can carry forward to future uh, sessions, uh, the two pronged approach. <laughs> yeah, that should probably be a good test on any, any year. Absolutely. But uh you know, there, there's some bills that will fall outside of some of that. Um, some some things that have been ongoing uh, yeah. debates and struggles for years. Uh, the CRNA bill comes to mind right now. The uh, nurse anesthetist bill. Uh, that's been an ongoing thing since I got elected in 2011, and it probably predates my election. Right. And there's agreement between the parties, so I think we need to make sure we uh, yeah. throw the hammer down and get those type of things done. Yeah. Uh, but it will be a, a, a much scaled down version as we face this uh, global pandemic. I think so. And that, and that makes all the sense. Well, that's pretty much what I wanted to cover. Um, but I did want to, you mentioned it earlier. And since we're on a conference video chat here, I'm going to try to share my screen. You talked a little bit earlier about the website. So I'm going to try to show the folks at home our website, talk a little bit about it. It's, it should be up on your screen right now. Yeah, I see it. It looks great, but there's some key features like this right here. Find my senator. So like Senator Treat was saying, uh, reach out to your senator. Uh, they're there to help you and answer questions, even if it's not about a state issue. It can be helping you get connected with somebody at the federal level if you have questions about the Paycheck Protection Program or unemployment or small business loans, things like that. So. Well, Aaron, I think right below that too, that live proceedings button yes. uh, that I'm seeing on my screen, that's really important, especially right. in this time. Uh, you can click on that normally. And if there's a committee meeting going on or a floor session going on, you can see that. And if you go to the committee tab, you can go back and look at archived footage of the that's right. what happened in the committee. And I think that's a really um, important tool for Oklahomans to have. I think so too. And I'm really glad that uh, you let me, um, me and the team work on the website. It looks great. The people we worked with were great to work with. They gave us a good product. There's some legacy systems uh, 
you and I both, we, we always know that we can do better. So there's still some legacy systems uh, that we have to rely on that serve both the House and Senate, but that's maybe a future project we can look at. But that our website's great. It's, it looks great. It's more user-friendly, but also has important information, like you said, Senator Treat, of how to contact your senator, uh, send us uh, email, the phone number to the offices there. People are answering the phone remotely and also be able to follow us along because committee meetings have been going on virtually and, they may, and they'll continue to do so. And then we don't quite know yet, but uh, even some of the floor work um, may happen virtually uh, when we get down to passing the state budget and other policy bills. So go to OKSenate.gov and also uh, there's all kinds of other in, uh, things you can find out, press releases, you can find out some other media, you can find out some of the things that we're working on here in the Senate, you can track bills, uh, find out information about individual bills, so a lot of good information there. Um, we're coming to a close, so I always want to give a, a shout out to everyone, thanks for listening, please uh, like, share, subscribe, uh, whatever platform you found us on, we certainly appreciate it. I'll uh, turn it over to the pro tem for any uh, any last thoughts that you may have? Yeah, I tried to mute myself there. Hopefully you didn't hear all the wind. It's, it's picking up. It's a typical Oklahoma City uh, afternoon, evening, uh, where the wind is starting to pick up. Um, and uh, you got, You've got it down. You have good skills for the video uh, chat. You know, well, thankfully I don't have much hair, so it's not blowing all around <laughs> right now. But, but yeah, the microphone's probably been impeded. I, I just appreciate the opportunity. I know there's several people that like to, to listen to this every week, and hopefully that continues to grow. Please tell your friends about it. Uh, we try to have uh, good dialogue about what's going on, give you some insight. And I, I really appreciate all the work that Aaron and uh, everyone else in the Senate have done to make this a work while we're in this uh, time, this COVID time, but also on the website. That work on the website started uh, last year and, and Aaron uh, really drove that home. And, and we, we used to have a MySpace type website uh, when I inherited it. And uh, it was unacceptable to me, no offense to, any of anyone that still has, I don't even think you can have a MySpace account, but if you can, there's no people that don't know what that is. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's good. That means Google it. you'll fight, figure it out. Yeah. Um, but, um, back in my day, uh, <laughs> the, the website, we, we've done some work, like Aaron said, it ties into some uh, legacy systems that we'll be working with our counterparts on to try to get up. But, Stay safe, stay healthy. Uh, we're going to continue even when we open the Senate back up to more traditional type hearings and more traditional type uh, uh, floor work. It's going to be different because we're still going to have to maintain our distance. We still need to make sure we take care of the most uh, vulnerable people uh, that work at the Senate and that serve in the Senate. Uh, we want to make sure that people stay healthy. We value life at every stage and we're going we're gonna to act in that manner. That's a good reminder, uh, as always, to wash your hands, maintain your distance, uh, follow the guidelines of uh, the CDC, the state health department, make sure that we're all staying safe because even as things open back up, we're still gonna have to be careful. And there are probably gonna be periods of time in the future when we have to maybe isolate ourselves again like we have the past few weeks. But I, I know that uh, uh, our state is tough and resilient and, and we're, able to and, and hopeful that we'll get through this like we have other things in the past and come out on the other side um, ready to uh, get back to normal so well the other thing CDC may not recommend this but Greg Treat recommends this fill out your census we need you to count uh, <laughs> Oklahomans are counting on it when we're talking about all these federal bills that have been part of our conversation today 
they're all impacted by how many people the federal government think live in Oklahoma. And we're underperforming uh, our neighboring uh, states with one exception, New Mexico. We've got New Mexico beat, but uh, let not, let's not just try to be uh, next to last. We've got to get that up and we've got to make sure that all Oklahomans are counted. So if you're listening and you haven't filled out the census, do that now. Don't, don't do another thing until you go and fill out that census. That's a great reminder. And I feel uh, I'm mad that I did not have that in the show notes to talk about earlier. So I'm glad you caught that here at the end. Um, Senate social media. Okay, Senate GOP uh, is the Republicans. Oklahoma State Senate is also on Facebook. We have lots of graphics and lots of information about the census to help you figure out how to do it. Um, everyone should have received a form in the mail by now if you haven't already filled out the census and you can do so online over the phone or you can fill out that paper form, stick it, stick it back in the mail and it'll get to the census. Very, very important uh, for Oklahoma to have a full count. Well, we had a full show today, so I'm, I'm glad that, uh, and I hope everyone uh, enjoyed it and got a lot of use out of it. I'm sure they did. So Pro Tim, thank you again for, for sitting down with us and look forward to recording another one of these shows uh, soon. All right, thank you, Aaron. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.